You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. And this week, uh, we're kind of touching more in depth on something we've been kind of beating around the bush with for the last few weeks. And that's basically specifically because of how bad the release cycle is during yes. this period. Uh, we have Brothers War, and then mm -hmm. we have Dom Reunited, yep. and then we have Phyrexia All Will Be One. Uh, and Dom Reunited is just smack dab in the middle of those. And in two weeks, which Domar just released, in two weeks, we're getting Phyrexia All Will Be One. So we're basically going to look at, like, look, what, what do you actually, like, what do you actually do? Like, the nitty-gritty details, how is this impacting things, and what all does that entail? Yep. So, basically, this is really only impacting the LGS. At the vendor level, I'm probably going to buy... I, I don't think I would buy my full allocation for a reason we'll get to later. I don't, I don't think I would put as much into this as I would some of the other sets because I'm going to look at this and say, okay, everything everybody wants is a reprint... <laughs> There's a bunch of Force of Will Arts. I'm not going to put a pre-orders on it to determine my allocation so far in advance, but I'll probably buy like three quarters of my allocation, or I'll buy a full run, but I won't re-up. I don't think I, I care about it, because I have Phyrexia, all will be one coming up. And once Dominaria Remastered is fully spoiled, I can make that decision about whether or not to re-up. I don't think this set is going to be a doorbuster by any means. I don't care. The LGS ecosystem, however, is entirely different. You feel things a lot differently at the LGS yep. level. So uh, if you were a WPN premium store, you had like two weeks worth of Damar. If you've not, you've had a weekend, right? That's how it yeah. was. Yep. Yeah, because premium got it a week early. Yeah. Uh, which is now the premium perk is you get a pre-release for the supplemental sets. Mm. And I guess that's basically it. Go fuck yourself for investing $40,000 in renovations. Yeah. Anyways. So as the LGS, how have things been with Damar? And I know there are a couple of ways to look at this. So I just want to see mainly up top the feedback or reception from players about it. So it's been really interesting because obviously everyone was super excited when the first spoiler we got was Old Border and then extended our Force of Wills. Uh, it was great. Everyone was, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be such an amazing set. I can't wait to get these cards. Uh, as the sets come closer and closer, I cannot remember the last time uh, or any time really where a set has released and the casual players have said this set isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you blow out everything pre-order. We sold a bunch through pre-sales and everything, and we're still moving it. Mm -hmm. But we're not getting as many people in for, like, actually, hey, I just want to buy a box. We didn't have – there's yeah. not as many walk-ins for this set, yeah. be it wallet fatigue from all the other releases, be it people realizing that EV of sets is the – or EV of boxes is lower than it has ever been in the history of Magic uh, or what it is. Now, one thing I will say – People love the limited environment. Mm -hmm. Love. Uh, drafts have been firing in multiple stores in the area and in other areas as well, which 
obviously you can't play this on arena so that could be part of it but this is happening at stores that always fire drafts with like two or three pods they're getting three to five pods a week now okay because of dom r and people are just so excited about hey i'm gonna play this now yeah so from a play perspective then the sets resonated pretty well right? yeah for, from a play perspective from the sales perspective not so much uh the singles as anyone who's watched singles prices knows hasn't been very good mm-hmm. uh the the resale value is not there it's concentrated into basically like five cards yeah for the whole set and that's it so if you don't open one of those five cards or realistically two to three of those five cards out of your box you're just boned yeah uh from an anecdotal standpoint i i played one home sealed event because i thought this set looked like an absolute dumpster for draft <laughs> And I've heard it can be very, very difficult if you have a lot of people trying to do similar, same, the same thing. Yeah. And continuing down this path, it seemed like people who usually bought a box to draft out of or to play sealed out of were just buying whatever they needed for those events. They weren't going above and beyond. So my limited experience no pun intended is a lot of what you're seeing which is just the people that would usually come in to get a box for whatever reason weren't doing so they were staying within their lane so to speak yep. and just buying what they needed to engage with the set in a way they enjoyed it that said i don't know how collector boosters resonated with people because they seemed very feast or famine a la 2x2 but you weren't spending as much or you're not spending as much on dom rcvs as you were 2x2 so even if you crap out you're not that bad off it because it seems like you kind of make up make up the difference there seems to be a tutor in every pack yeah uh i i part of it is you know the viability of the tutors is obviously good yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good middle ground value of li- like good mid value staples that are liquid, but they're not going to make up for the price of a collector booster. Unless of course you go through Amazon and get it cheaper than you can at an LGS. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can then, but probably not. Yeah. Uh, I know a few vendors that when they were cracking for singles realized, you know, holy shit, if we didn't pre-sale some of these at inflated prices, there is no way we would have made our money back. No. And it, and it's not just like, oh, you know, we hit a couple of force of wills, like those will be money no matter what. But a lot of the like mid-range foil like commons and stuff that people were hot on or uncommons have just kind of started tanking. And so while to correct myself, the value may not be there, the liquidity is in those cards. So you can trade them out, you can sell them whatever, it's just not you know, I'm not going to spend 40 bucks on a collector booster and get 60 out of it almost ever. Okay. Yeah. So we've already kind of danced around this a little bit. You mentioned that there, the value is coalesced down into a very small number of cards. You can pretty much name them as Force of Love Vampiric Tutor. Yeah. There's a little bit of value to be sprinkled because for whatever reason, I think Birds of Paradise is like an $11 card and some other odds and ends. Uh, and and we're not, I'm not talking about variants, just regular yeah. uh, options, right? And so when it coalesces down into that, we've talked about sealed product already. Not really, it's not moving yet. 
It might not move ever in the velocity we would expect. Yeah. Singles, though, is well, we're kind of in that area where like release just happened, prices are on the way down, so maybe this isn't the best time to review single sales, but have you seen... I would expect Worldly Tutor kind of picks up because this is the first time it's been reprinted since 6th edition. Yeah. Uh, like the, the Tutors, obviously, you know, it's this set kind of proves, as recent sets have... Uh, 60 card formats largely don't impact sets like mm-hmm. this. 60 card formats don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess I get Yogmoth for Yogmoth food. Okay. I don't need any ex. Like, all of the other stuff is clearly geared towards EDH. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of, like, the casual cards. Now, the things that have been selling have been, like, cards that didn't exist in foil before so mystic remora worldly tutor uh some people on some of the old border foils are obviously going for those yeah or and then it's you know oh i like this art more than foils exactly yeah Yeah, the stuff that they want last chance or in some cases speaking of original art it's literally just oh i like this gamble art more yeah yeah i'll swap it out um and that's it it hasn't been like high dollars but like I just, like I said, it has been high liquidity. Yes. I don't know how many Sylvan libraries have moved in store, but like twenty or thirty, literally, from Damar. I keep and like that the last two set. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then you've got Urza's Incubator. Uh, the one thing that hasn't been moving uh, has been actually like the Modern Horizons reprints. So like Urza, Yogmoth, stuff like that. I haven't seen any movement on it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen any of them move in store. We've had some come in but we haven't sold any of them and it's been like you said old border new art alt art whatever the fact that i can now get an original birds of paradise in old border art and foil yeah stuff like that which i think the stuff that's going to be interesting there is yes by and large people who collect old border foils like foil seventh birds of paradise just want foil seventh birds of paradise they don't care about the reprint but there is an amount of people that influence that value just because they want foils for EDH. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see some of that stuff change. Yep. Um, the other thing that's been moving is stuff that hasn't appeared in foil before. Uh, High Tide Turnabout. Yeah. The stuff uh, that, okay, Legacy, EDH, I want to foil my dick. Mystic Remora, obviously a big uh, one. The the blue instant that turns something to a zero one. Ovenize. Ovenize, the first reprint yeah. of that. Yep. Like, Yeah. That makes sense. You can like alt art for Rith, the original Rith stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, so one of the the, the sub items I had to this, the bullet point when when looking at the coalesce value is with pre releases, people don't expect to get well standard set pre release. People don't expect to open value and kind of just go infinite. They are going to play because they like the environment, and people will pony up for multiple events in a day or a weekend when yeah. they enjoy the environment. Now, that doesn't say that they won't play multiple events in a week, and those are two different data points. So I was curious if you had run multiple events in a day, and if so, did you see some of those people kind of chain events because this is a format that is enjoyable? Yeah, uh, this this is the first time I can recall in a long time where people have, like, not really double-queued, you know, because you can't do that anymore, but double-queued, where it's like, hey, uh, I'm going to play the event, and I want to fire another pot after this. Yep. Uh, you know, release weekends, a lot of stores now, since you can do release whenever you want, 
you'll see stores that fire draft at two, at five, yes. at eight. That's what we and, do, and people will double queue when they walk in. Exactly, and it's basically, hey, I want to sign up for the next two drafts. Cool, here you go. Okay. There's been more of that with this set than I've seen in a while. Okay. Uh, now, I don't know how sustainable that is, because some of that could literally be people realize, man, I got this set for two weeks. Like, Double Masters, you knew was going to be around for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this set, you have two weeks, so, man, I'm going to get... I'm going to have fun with it while I can Yep, and go from there. From, from what I've heard, there's also been a charm to the draft if it feels like you're playing old magic because everything is overcosted yeah. and underpowered and like, hey, by all means, right? That's kind of what this is meant to be. Spirit monger isn't yeah. uncommon for God's sake. Like that was a form, that was right. part of, was it Machine Head? Yeah. Like, God, Machine Head was so good. Yeah. That card ran a format for a while, like at rare. Hmm. And now it's an uncommon. So it seems like it's enjoyable because people get to engage with magic in a way they either haven't or haven't in a very long time. So yeah. there's a bit of novelty. And so that, that I think that is also a something to talk about in regards to sustainability. Like that that's going to wear off in time. And once that luster fades, is it still worthwhile over the next couple of weeks? And then, yeah, you only have two more weeks to really engage with this at the LGS in paper. And this being this kind of intervening release, has this impacted either sales of products past or possibly pre-orders for one because people have to reallocate both time and money? So I think part of it has been, at least in store, uh, the people that have come in that have bought this product for the most part, they have said, you know, I don't really have an interest in one. Or they've said, well, I'm just, you know, I bought less Brothers War or, mm. Don, you know, whatever. Whatever. But a lot of it has just been people, you know, hey, I'll grab a couple packs and that's it. Yeah. And there are people that didn't necessarily do supplemental sets before this. So it's gotten that. some people to spend money that haven't before, but it's still not selling as well as you would think yeah based on how like double masters the previous modern horizon sets and stuff like that did you know those supplemental sets are still there mm-hmm. um what it has done is it has kind of stagnated everything older so you can you know expect for a couple months after uh periodically you'll sell boosters or whatever that hasn't happened with other sets in the last week at all got it because people are focused on the brand new thing yeah and it's it's exactly. new yeah it's new it's shiny it's a completely different experience than what they're expecting and there could be a force of will i actually yeah so there was a group of people that were in the shop and they you know four friends or whatever one of them's like oh i'm gonna get a pack of something what should i get oh i'm gonna get some of the triumphs so i'll try a collector booster of new capenna or i want to get one of the gilded foils and someone said oh no but you could open a force of will yeah out of the dom r and he said oh you're right and bought the dom r booster and his foil was an exploration. I mean, it's still uh, pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty decent, but it's not. F- it's not force, force of will no decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And and that is definitely a pull, especially when you're just looking to like, you want a pack and you're gambling for something. In one yeah. case, it was the triomes, and then when you realize you could bust the force of will, sell the force of will, and buy more, it's but twenty dollars can buy. Yeah. More can peanuts. buy one of every showcase uh, triumphs. No, Sign me up. It's the, the yeah. peanuts thing from The Simpsons. But twenty yeah. uh, with twenty dollars, <laughs> you can acquire many peanuts. Explain. Yes. <laughs> Money can be exchanged <laughs> for goods and services. Um, so did uh, did you do singles 
at all, like pre-release sing or sorry, pre-sale singles? Pre-sale singles? No, not really. Okay. Um, what we usually do is like, hey, you know, local guys, regulars, is there anything you're looking for? Uh, and then, you know, we'll crack a little bit just to have yep. singles yeah, yeah. because we want at least one or two of every card in store for our in-store customers. Mm -hmm. So crack that. And it was mostly, oh, well, here's, you know, the three cards that we know some of our regulars are looking for. Let's go ahead and set them aside for them. Okay. Uh, but the people I do know that pre-sold singles did tell me they pre-sold at higher prices than they normally would have. Oh. And that's specifically because of the hype that was around the set. Mm -hmm. They said, hey, look, you know, we may be able to pre-sell a foil common at 50 cents in a normal set, but everyone wants these old border foils or these new foils or Got whatever. It. So rather than 50 cents, let's try a dollar. Okay. And it worked. Like, they sold. So that was one interesting thing I noticed. Now, obviously, you know, they cratered the prices as soon as they could mm -hmm. now that the set is out. But during pre-sale, yeah. During pre-sale, numbers were a little bit higher. Okay. Um, do you do, do you pre-sale sealed at all? Yeah. Okay. So were the numbers on this set comparable for quantity? Uh, quantity... Yes. Oh, Margin, okay. no. Okay. Uh, and the and the reason the pre-sale quantity was so good was because we sold it for a lower price. Uh, because it was a product that, you know, basically we decided, look, if we're going to be stuck holding a product, this is not one we want to be stuck holding. Yeah. Uh, similar to Brothers War. You don't want to be stuck holding that because the more serialized cards that get opened, the less valuable those packs are. Mm -hmm. The more shattered glass foils that get opened, the less valuable those packs are. And this was a set that, you know, by all indications or whatever, oh, they're not making second run. They're going to. And you don't want to be stuck with a pallet of boosters when the second run hits and they're on Amazon for $10 below your cost. Yeah. So it was, you know, we may normally mark them up like $50. It was like, hey, let's put them at $30 above cost and just get them out the door. Okay. So I that actually does kind of segue perfectly into the last question I have and it is do you think that this set in a year or two when pulled out from your back stock is something that players would be interested in both as a sealed product and a draft experience I think it's more likely a draft experience Okay. Um, I, I've noticed that at a lot of stores and friends that I know all over the country that play limited, there's been over the last few months, like an increase in interest in old limited formats. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if sealed, and this is something I, you know, will hopefully touch on in a future episode. Sealed is just dog shit. It's so bad to hold on to now uh, because print runs are higher. There's too many variants, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, so it's, it's not something that I would think would be good to pull out in a year. Okay. Uh, even getting it at wholesale cost, it's still, you know, I'd, I'd rather sell it. And, you know, if I'm going to sit on sealed, maybe like if I can snag an old plane chase anthology or something, yeah. that's the kind of sealed okay. I would love to have. Okay. So some alternative, completely alternative products rather than, I wasn't yeah. thinking about much, you know, like um, somewhere in between Modern Masters 1 and Modern Masters 2. My main LGS had a staff and friends eight-person draft of Modern Masters 1 that was yeah. done after hours when um, nobody cared about what you were drinking. Exactly, yeah. And 
like that it wasn't the draft experience necessarily that people were interested in like modern masters one had a decent draft experience it was mainly because the set was a novelty because yeah it was the and it first... was hang out have a novel time yeah experience it that way yeah and i wasn't sure if damar kind of swings that way because the set itself isn't necessarily a novelty if you want to think about it in, in one way it's almost like going back to commander in year one when they when yep. Watsy first put out that product in 2011 it plays very much the same way where you get the same feeling it's over costed underpowered yeah and the charm might only last so long before you are trying to figure out why you're still sitting there uh, yeah exactly and that's that's the thing that i think will probably happen is it'll be great to have for limited yeah don't know that it'll be a good product to pull out and be like you know, in a year or two, hey guys, guess what we have in stock? You want yeah. some? It's not going to be an interesting draw. You could have twenty. You could have eight packs each of IPA, yeah. and people would come to draft IPA because that is virtually the same experience. It is overcosted, underpowered by today's comparison. Yeah. But the set, the block, was meant to be played together. It's a cohesive idea. That's yeah. a lot more interesting than. Dom remastered or time spiral remastered in the future okay that makes sense yeah that and you know for me as somebody who's engaged with this set rather lightly played one event in a couple drafts that's really all i i i was curious about because it seemed like to me as a player this event or the set rather is here and gone we're already in you know kind of wrist deep in one spoilers on the tuesday afterwards we saw that we're getting the gruel sword. It's almost completely overshadowed and out of my purview. As an LGS, is there anything that you wanted to touch on about the set? Uh, I say this to any anyone that runs a store that's listening. Seriously, uh, sell it as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. I it, it's not great. Sealed. Yeah, not sealed. Great. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I think I went first last week in picks. Yes. So I will go first this week. Yes. So I was originally going to pick this last week, but yes. then stocks dropped an article and I was like, well, shit, there are literally all of my points in an article. Well, I'm just peeling the bandaid off. Yeah. Innistrad Snapcaster Mage. Does anybody remember when Tiago was the best blue creature ever printed? And then shortly thereafter, they printed Deathrite Shaman, which I still think is the best blue creature ever printed. Yeah. Uh, well, card was great. Uh, control doesn't exist in Modern. Nope. Doesn't really exist in the traditional way that it used to in Legacy either. Correct. But we are literally at an all-time low for Snapcaster Mage. Yes. This is the lowest price it has had since its release at a low of about $14. And a market that's not terribly above that. Uh, I believe we're at like 15-something, maybe $16. Yep, yeah. So you can get a playset of Snapcaster Mages for buy list for a playset of Snapcaster Mages from a year ago. Uh, we've bottomed out. This is still a, th- I think, a viable thread in 60-card formats. And why I think Snapcaster Mage specifically is mm-hmm. good is because Snapcaster Mage actually gets better as they make better spells. Yes. Because it gives them flashback. Yep. It's great. You get another Swords to Plowshares. If you have the mana, you get another Force of Vigor. 
you get another counter spell. You get all kinds of stuff for this card. Uh, if modern slows down to a point where we get away from tempo and cards like Ledger Shredder or Mark Tide, mm-hmm. uh, and we get back to a point where three fairy colonnade and that's what we're doing, everyone's going to need a Snapcaster Mage. Yep. Now, in terms of quantity, yeah. you have to pick them up a playset at a time. Uh, this isn't a card that sees a lot of play in EDH. It's a 60-card format card, which I know I just said earlier, 60-card formats don't matter. That was because Damar makes them not matter for that set. But they do matter, and as we get back to them with, hopefully, a more well-outlined Pro Tour, uh, inevitably, we will see a modern season. Yes. And there is a chance that if, now that you hear rumblings of, man, they really did make creatures too good... Let's try to make spells better again. As the design goes back to that, hopefully, Snapcaster Mage gets better. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking at, honestly, about three playsets at most on this. I Two is probably where I'll be. Uh, I've got six on the way, full disclosure. I like transparency. Only because I'm too lazy to order the last two, one at a time. But I think getting eight to 12 is a really good quantity because it's going to be easy to out, to out in trades mm-hmm. it'll be easy to out in stores yes. it'll be easy to out just to buy list or whatever if if you need to get liquid again mm-hmm. uh timeline is the one thing that's kind of sketchy here okay i don't really have one uh i'm you know all the trajectory is showing we're going down and we've hit our bottom and we're starting to stabilize i don't know when it goes back up but i know that when it does go back up i want to already have them in hand yeah. Now, we don't know when any Pro Tour announcements are coming. We don't know much about Star City Circuit outside of one or two events ahead of time, which is really like, eh. So, yeah, we've got Indianapolis and Charlotte. So February, March, and that's it for SCG Con. And we don't know if they're ever going to have a circuit again. Probably not. We don't know what formats Charlotte is. We only know Indy. So we could be looking at six months. We could be looking at two years. But I definitely want to have my two to three playsets ready for when it does. So call it a market point out, trend point out, whatever you want to do. I just think now is the time to get in on something that a year ago was one of the most played cards in multiple formats. Yeah, And it's good in every format it's legal in. Plus, if they ever print this into Pioneer, which I would not be surprised by... If we were to get a Snapcaster Mage again, it's going to go up then because obviously we'll have more people playing. Yeah, now, I've, I've been a big fan of Snapcaster Mage. Um, it was one of the first cards I bought into heavily on its rise, like its meteoric rise back, uh, like in RTR after it rotated. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't tell you how many I had at a maximum or how many I have right now. All I can tell you is that I have four in my modern deck and another maybe six to eight in my uh, Innistrad box. Yeah. And I refuse to get rid of them after they dipped below 30, not just because that was close to the buy-in point for a lot of them when they were on their way up, but because I have a similar belief, and that is this card is yep. eternally good as long as 
the spells it can target are relevant in the format on the flashback. Right now, I think Snapcaster Mage suffers from Path of Exile is bad itis. And if that ever changes, then that changes the outlook on Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. When Twin was in the format, Bolt, Snap, Bolt, Attack You was a very good and aggressive line to take to finish out a, a long game. Yep. And we are kind of missing those lines of play. We are missing decks that want to take advantage of spells like that. Now nobody really needs to be playing an entirely Flash game. They don't need to play their spells more than once because everything is so synergistic. Like you pointed out, Ledger Shredder. Or you look at Rakdos Scam, a deck I might mention in my uh, write-up. I forgot if it's in there or not. That wants to flicker Grief, Fear, and Kroxa. And... You look at the Ephemerate decks. They all want to take advantage of these creature abilities that are extremely powerful. And Snapcaster Mage doesn't lend in, does not lend itself to that by any other way but flashing back Ephemerate, which already has flashback. Yeah. Right? So that, that's rebound, a little... Rebound, but yeah. Rebound, yeah. So that's a little goofy. Snapcaster Mage is an eternal witness in this instance, and it is actually to its detriment. So once the format comes back around to a point where you can have a blue x tempo deck be decent then that's where snapcaster mage takes over or a long game control deck that actually wants to leverage spells instead of just solitude when that happens that's when we'll see snapcaster mage comes back and i think it's it's a good look now and it'll be a good look then because i yeah. i I do believe we're going to come up on the on a floor. I think there is going to be this kind of Deus Ex Machina that keeps it from dropping too low. Yeah. There will be a market correction or market stabilization. And if it's not at 15, then it will be at 10 and it will float. But this is yep. never a bad card to have. So overall, I, I agree. Quantity-wise is up to the individual because this is a long-term yep. long hold. Similarly, my pick is a, is a long-term hold, and you were kind of beaten up on my deck, and it's Garolf's <laughs> Messenger. Ah. That goes specifically in the Yawgmoth Toolbox deck that you mentioned. Yep. And it is, as I'll get onto the timeline, a similarly long hold. Now, Garolf's Messenger, when I was looking at this, CK was buying 16 at $0.75, cents, two, two set foils at $1.40. There are 251 on TCG Player. Sorry, 333 at $2.51, so there's a big delta in price. But in the last couple of days, CK has actually over doubled their buy quantity to 36 and doubled the the price to $1.50. So we're seeing a little bit of movement there. And the market price of TCG Player has gone up about $0.20. Cents. This is a card that people are looking at, and this is what I expect. I expect to see light movement for a long time. So... Uh, my zero day info on this was I. This has been on my list since September, so we're now four months out from this pick. And CK was buying thirty seven at a dollar eighty five, so we're almost back to where we were. And the TCG market price was six dollars sixteen, which is like outrageous. But I think that's because people hadn't really pushed into the market yet. When we look at the card, it does fit a little bit in Commander because it's a zombie. And so you've got that, and then outside that, it combos. So it's it's either 
has a relevant creature type or is part of a combo engine in Commander, and I'll, I'll continue this a little bit later, but it's not the important part of the card. The important part of the card is that it is part of, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it like uh, Yogmoth Toolbox, you can call it just Yogmoth Cord Toolbox, Creature Toolbox, Yogmoth, it's all the same deck. Right now, it is 10th for the. Uh, for popularity in modern according to mtg decks it is just below amulet titan it has a the standard solid mid-range win percentage of like 45 to 51 across the yep. entirety of the format yeah and it's a great mid-range deck with a combo engine it's going to appeal to players that come from the jund school of play and are looking for that very like 45 to 55 percent across the meta and you're going to see this played on moto a lot and you're also going to see it in paper a little bit a lot yeah well no not a, a, well, little, a bit. little bit yeah a little not, bit not quite as much yeah. but i'll get to why i think that's the case now this is a deck that's more like selesnia chord combo than rakdos scam and death shadow and it appeals to those kinds of players alongside those that i already mentioned the jaffers like the people who just want jundal format right yeah there's a dedicated place for this deck in modern definitely and messenger within that deck and the ability for this deck to pick up even more meta share as the namesake card yogmoth thran physician drops in price after the reprint and that's actually why i think this deck was kind of holed up in paper Yogmoth is a, still a $30 card. I'm pretty sure it was closer to $45 or $50 prior to this reprint. And the deck is also very technical and full of a lot of triggers, so it takes a lot of time. It is time-consuming to play. There are a ton of lines. So paper play is a little more difficult than moto play, where it's just flagging all your triggers, and it's like five ticks for the for Yogmoth. Yeah. Now, I mentioned I talk about Commander, and here we are. So again, it has the obvious zombies, zombie creature type, but it's really the combo potential of the card that's kind of where this is going to push it because zombies have cooled in general. And with a sack outlet and a way to remove or stop the counter from Undying being placed on Garal's Messenger, you found yourself a three-card infinite damage combo and a very friendly color scheme. And I think that's what would push the card in Commander rather than just the creature type. And so immediately you're looking at things like Gave, Guru Spores, Luminous Broodmoth, and Solemnity as some of the most immediate looks to stop this counter or remove it. But I doubt this drives the majority of demand for the card into the future. I think it's really going to be modern. Yeah. Timeline, very similar to yours. We want to get in before the modern season. That's tantamount. We want to buy in with the reprint of Yogmoth, as that was the choke point for entry to the deck and now that people have yep. access to more copies cheaper copies that opens up this deck as an option if this deck does maintain its current trajectory and there is no shakeup in the modern format that reduces the footprint in the meta and success rate i would expect that we're looking at nine months at a minimum which aligns with what you're talking about like that's kind of your base on when i but that's when i expect like the modern regionals to be and I think we're looking at nine months for that because I have a sneaking suspicion that after the standard season, we're going to get another pioneer season before we get a modern season because modern is the new legacy. 
Yep. So they're going to want to support it because it might still be the quote most popular format, but they don't want to put it front and center. And if they're trying to push Pioneer, then they'll put Modern after Pioneer, so people can reinvest and re-up in that format. But that so that's why I'm looking at nine months. So that puts us like at the end of Q3, 2023, is when I expect this to just go and take off because people are going to be buying into that deck. Repoint equity on this, I think is pretty low because it's attached to the undying keyword and Watsi's desire to reprint that somewhere. We do see undying reprinted infrequently. It's usually in the master set. And without one of those on the horizon for the next nine months, I think we're pretty good for this. Um, we might get something in the Lord of the Rings set that drops directly into modern, but again, I don't think that's really going to do much to this card. Yeah, it's not going to be a Geralt's Messenger. Yeah, exactly. Um, he wasn't on. He, he wasn't in. He Lord wasn't Wars. there, yeah. yeah. And as far as buy quantity, this one's a little more perplexing because it really is dependent on the number of Yawgoth players in your area and the willingness to hold until we find out about modern in 2023. Yeah. And Golgari Yawgmoth, on average, only uses one messenger and that does impact your quantity decision. Like I have my personal playset, but I'd be happy with another six to eight to move as modern pickups. And in all honesty, I'd probably move like four of those six or yeah. of the eight, maybe six of the eight, to players locally before I buy a list of them because I think that's going to be the most immediate and easiest turnaround. And I almost would rather shift them for more modern cards rather than credit to try and pick up something else. So I'd rather be reaching into binders with this card than into a buy list. And for yeah. reference, Garalf's Messenger has only been reprinted twice. One is on the list with the original art and the other is a secret layer. And it's the, um, the left-aligned secret layer. Yeah. The only time this card's been reprinted. So quantity is waning. And I think if you are somebody who's ready to start making moves from a speculation standpoint about modern, then the then Snapcaster Mage and Gross Messenger are great places to look. I think there are some others probably might not come up on the cast. You know, Scape Shift is a card still, right? But I think this you is... love that card here. This, yeah. I think this is a good example. Like, unbeknownst to us, we both picked like modern centric cards yeah. this week. And this serves as a good point. It's like you have you can't just pay attention to what is happening yesterday, today to make movement, or what happened earlier today to buy in and make like you have to start looking in advance and prepping for that as well because that is yep. also where there's opportunity. And it's not just these cards, but these are two easy and immediate looks based on expectation for the modern format moving forward. Yeah. I think one of the really good things about Dralf's Messenger is, as you mentioned, reprint equity, uh, because it is something that is tied to a specific plane. One of the other really right. nice things is, man, how often do they print zombies and zombie lords that can just be, like, insane? Like, all the time. Yep. So that being the case, you know, eh, probably going to do okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's not... You know, zombie. You you hit your lords first. You hit your cost reducers. You hit your utility zombies, and then yeah, something like this can be played in there. I mean, if you wanted to helm your deck with like Micaeus the Unhallowed, that is a zombie tribal deck that people yep. play because it gives all your zombies undying. You know, or like I said, you want to combo out, and there are options for this. It plays absolutely both ways, 
But my the only reason I don't think, or rather, I to harp on it again, the reason that I don't think Commander is a driver for this is because zombie interest has cooled because we're we're past Innistrad, so we yep. know we're not going to get like a dedicated set to the tribe, right? We're not yet, at least. Are we going back again? I feel like we're going back again. When are we not? When are we not going back? Yeah, um, I we we don't. I don't think we have a going back this year. But it was whatever the storm scale was. It was high on that list. Uh no. Sh oh, shadows over Innistrad remastered. Sorry, that's what I was thinking oh, of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're going back to Eldraine. That's right. Yeah. So th there's that right. There's there's not a lot of heat on zombies at the moment. Even within that, it's still just kind of a filler zombie. I don't know if it's like a great option overall. It's fun because it does something interesting and unique. So it definitely gives you some play, especially with sacrifice engines. You get yeah. two bites of the apple. And then I think it's the ease with which this card just goes infinite and can end games pretty easily alongside a, a suite of other cards that makes the game pretty fun, interactive, and puts it on a clock. So yep. overall, from a commander standpoint, yeah, I, I would look at both of them as the driver for commander, but I don't think commander is the driver overall for yeah. this card. And even then, it's hard to suss out what's going on when you just look at sales numbers because, again, on average, one is the number of messengers played. I thought I saw somewhere between two and four a while ago, but that's like years ago when Aaron Barrich was like the player on this deck and if you wanted yeah. to learn how to play this deck you needed to watch them play this yep. deck and after that the, the deck changed we got some new odds and ends for it and we've kind of coalesced down to where we are you know right now so yep. this is something that I would expect picks up in the future and if you if you're in a very mid-range environment for modern then I think this is a great place to start. And if you wanted to branch out a little bit more, then you could look into some of those other decks that I mentioned, like Rakdos Scam and Death Shadow, which are floating around the top, but not some of the most popular. You can still use Top 8, MTG Top 8, to see what's yep. going on. They have all the Star City results from this past weekend going yep. down to like somewhere in the 30s. That's how I found all the random nicknames for this deck, was yeah <laughs> what they were submitted with at the star city event yep uh mtg meta has that great average mtg decks shows you everything that's going on pretty clearly on moto and you can see how popular something like this is similarly yeah. you can do all you can run all that for snapcaster mage and you can see what the card's doing now you can even go historically and see what that card did and say like okay modern was here then this is yep. where we are now if things change, we could be back here, and this is what Snapcaster would look like. This is how yeah. pervasive it would be. And I think this is a good kind of thought experiment for, for you as listeners to think, okay, well, we know standard. We know most likely modern. How do I get ahead? Yep. What can I do with modern? Where can I go? What results can I look at? What utilities are out there? Where should I be looking for results and deck popularity to make my decisions. And so I think Snapcaster, Mage, and Messenger right now are, are pretty decent looks. I agree. Right. Uh, I, again, get ahead of it. It's the best way to make money now that we can't hold anything except reserve list. Yep. Just get ahead. Absolutely. So uh, I, I assume that's your parting note for the cast this evening. Yep. 
All right. So for at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube, I am at Halt. I am Reptar. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. And we'll see you next week.